You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 114 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia who has been jet-setting around the world again, it seems. How are you, Gina? I'm good, Val. How are you going? (laughs) I'm good. Well, we can sort of say jet-setting around the world. Really, you're jet-setting around New Zealand, which to some of our listeners is the world, but to others, it's just sort of like across the water. Just across the way a bit, really. Yeah, yeah cross, short, cross, short, a little bit of a creek. Four hours. Yeah. It's like yeah. barely enough to watch good TV, Val. And did you watch much on the As plane? I found on the way back because it's like we'd landed and I was the one still in the seat going, no way, I just want to see the end of this because I, I know I'm not going to get to see it anymore. But, I yeah, know. I did watch TV. I loved it. it. makes me happy. It's my happy place. Oh, good. What did you watch? Uh, I watched a fantastic documentary on the Beatles, uh, which was... Oh, Eight Days a Week? Uh, I think so, yes. I watched that last night. From their, um, the early years. So they're touring. touring years. And, um... Yeah, because it's like they sounded like they were this overnight sensation, but they toured and played together so much for years and years and years before they got good. And then when they were discovered, they were awesome and they could play and they knew how to uh, have great banter with the crowd. It's cool. mm. that's, It was a great talk. And, you know, that's how Justin Bieber, have you seen his the story about how he toured up and down America? I mean, he used social media a bit, but he, when he was starting out, he was this overnight YouTube sensation. But mm. again, not the case. He was—he worked hard. He toured up and down America, up and down America, and then he'd like get one radio station to 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 see him, and three people would turn up to hear him play, and then the next time there'd be six, then ten, and you know, and that's how a lot of artists get their break as well that you did don't you look watch like the Bieber documentary I did not on the plane <laughs> but I've watched it before but it, it was I do like those sorts of documentaries okay that's a great doco the Justin Bieber documentary yes okay don't, don't bag him I'm not bagging him Valerie you've watched way worse <laughs> seriously on your playlist honestly how have you been I'm good. I'm good. I've just been, um, I was a bit sick earlier this week, but I'm recovered now, which is good. And, you know, just catching up now. Yeah. But it's good to chat to you again. I'm glad you have gotten back to Australia safely. What was the highlight of your trip? Probably the uh, east coast of New Zealand, I would have to say. I don't think I've seen a coastline that is more spectacular and rugged and beautiful as as that one and it actually felt like and this is no offense to New Zealand but mm-hmm. it's so rugged and spectacular that uh, and a little bit sleepy that it felt like 1975 for yeah. me <laughs> not it didn't feel way, like middle earth the, sorry it didn't feel like middle earth no because you know I'm not into that Okay. And also they're all Lord of the Ring and Hobbit, is that right? References completely lost on me. So there could have been big signs saying something, you know, Tolkien Mm -hmm. or Elvish or something and I would have like not even seen it because it means that little to me. But very, very beautiful. In many ways it reminded me of uh, Iceland in some ways and 
bits that were sort of like Australia of, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I've, so, I've seen some of your pictures. They do look they, they do look a little bit similar to some of the the, the, the... the landscape does look a little bit similar to your Iceland pictures, but I'm keen to yep. talk more about New Zealand in yep. this week's episode. But at the moment, we have a shout-out to Danette Zach, don't we? Yes. Hi, Danette. How are you? Hello. Hello. Now, what has Danette got for us? Or what have you got for us about Danette? <laughs> so, Danette shared in the Facebook group that she just launched her new website. And she mm. writes, I'm so nervous about doing this, but I know that the people here will be open-minded and helpful with what I'm going to ask. I've built a new website through WordPress, and I'd like to have yours option on it. If you Opinion. could take... Sorry, opinion, sorry. If you could take some time to, and go check it out, I'd really appreciate it. So she said, I, should, I know I should never check out my competitors' uh, competition's website because it makes me feel so lame, but I did. Oh, well, here is what I have to so far. It's getting better each day. And so she basically wants us to have a look. And when I saw that, I said, okay, Val and I will we'll CC it on the podcast for Fantastic. you as well. So, yes. Yeah, so you've had a look, Val? I have. Um, Danette is uh, a great photographer and her website is digiphotography.net. So D-I-G-I photography.net. And uh, it's, it's, it's new, as Gina mentioned. So, um, yeah, I have checked it out. So good on you, Jeanette, for actually taking the time to showcase your work. Mm. So a um, couple of things uh, I, I'd like to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think her name's Danny Irene. Because mm-hmm. okay. it says that in the, yeah. It says uh, Danny Irene Generational Imaging, but obviously yeah. Danny, I assume, is short for Danette. And I love, um, I love all your Instagram, Danette, because uh, um, Danette is or Danny is generational imaging on Instagram, and I love seeing your stuff on Instagram. So um, I'm thrilled that you've now taken the steps to um, create your own website. Now, of course, as I mentioned, it's digiphotography.net, and you can have a look if you like. Uh, but other, but but you and if you want to look at it later don't forget that we will put any links that we refer to in this podcast in the show notes which you can find at ginamilitia.com oh and just an aside if you're wondering if you're new to us and you're wondering what facebook group gina was talking about that um the net put this in it is a free facebook group that you can join for listeners of this podcast and all you need to do is search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community on Facebook and we'd love to have you in there and it's a great community of people who are you know awesome and supportive of each other but yes what do you have to say about Danny's work so the first thing I did uh, after I had a look at the work is I checked out Danny's bio and I'm reading here that that Danny you've served uh, 21 years in the army and active duty for 14 years and then you retired and and became a truck driver. And so this for me is intriguing and this for me is your point of difference because I think this is uh, how you should uh, really sell yourself and find a way because what you want to do is find a way to show people that you're different from everyone else, something interesting. I would love, love, and I would follow this on any of the social media, like to see a day in the life for you and I think you've got an, a, a really great uh, opportunity to if you're still driving trucks to photograph uh, other truck drivers and I'd love to see more of the stuff that you see out your truck window and I'd love to see 
it as captured as out your truck window. So I'd love to see uh, some parts of the truck in the shot as well, like actually through the truck window. I think that would be really cool. I would love to see you doing portraits of other truck drivers as well. And I, think, I would love I to see... I think Danny does do that. It's just that they're not on the website. I have seen... I would love to yes. see... They need to be on the website. I think this would be awesome uh, to, to have those in there as well. And I really, I, I think uh, that you have so many amazing opportunities for landscapes there and uh, some of the landscapes that you've share here are beautiful so definitely uh, more of those and and everything's looking good and I'm so happy that you've taken this big next big leap because this is a big leap to, mm. to really put your work out there what I would feel um, from 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 looking at it from my perspective is I think the website is at the moment when I went to the home page, there was too much to look at all at once and I wasn't really, uh, it was a bit overwhelming for me. So what I would I would do is I would simplify the, the home page and make it a lot more about the images. So bigger images that, that there was led you into the, the text about each. And I do love the fact that you've uh, written about each of the genres that you that you work in and then you've written it in your own words but I'm just I'm finding the that the, the, there's just too much going on so I think I'd like to see a simplified version of of the website so I, I went to I went to the uh, place that you got this particular uh, template from and I see that there's other kinds that you can get so uh, something like where it's just you open up into one large image and then mm. you can go into the individual thumbnails as well from there so so that's what I would do and then um, st basically stick to what you're doing which is uh, telling a story behind each image and uh, re really selling that what, what what do you think Val what's what, what would you like to add to that yeah yeah, I mean, I agree in terms of the homepage. I am a big fan of uh, Danny's work, actually, because as I mentioned, I've been following it on Instagram for quite some time, and I think that her images are absolutely stunning. They're just, you know, they need to be shown off in all their glory. Mm -hmm. So I agree that in terms of the homepage, uh, the, the image or, or the, the stunning images need to be the hero. So they shouldn't be, the, the main thing that you see shouldn't just be a series of small thumbnails as you mentioned ideally there's one big image which maybe can be on a slider so that um, a variety of images can be you know swiped through um, and then you have some thumbnails for the for, to go to the different categories but it, they essentially they need to be shown off because the images mm. are so good they really need to be the hero of the home page I also think that I probably would um, there's a pale blue back Background at the moment, and I probably would go for white um, yep. as just something you know really neutral and um, that can just showcase the work a, a lot a lot more, so that image can pop off the page because the pale blue maybe is a tiny little bit distracting. I agree that um, now I have seen also I think some of Daddy's uh, trucking photos and I think that they do tell a good story and maybe in the my gallery section where you've got um, a section for landscapes a section for macro a section for you know uh, portraits or whatever maybe you have a section on you know, trucking like a trucking yep. photo essay which you can add to as you get more uh, different uh, shots just something a little bit different yep. um, but I think the images themselves I mean I, I, I love them I, I've, I've mm. loved them for a long time so um, I, I think they're great but I think it's just in the the way you show them off is 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 really important. And, but the, the you, you know you've gotten off to a great start in that you've actually created one, so that yeah. great. You've got brilliant images that you can put on them, and it's just a matter of showcasing them in all their glory. So well done, Danny. Exactly. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Always very exciting to see a new website out there. So check it out. All right. Yep, absolutely. So now you have another link for us, don't you, Gina? Yes, I'll send this uh, link by uh, Jessica Co Coak. Jessica Coak, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and apparently this is an oldie but a goodie. So, uh, <laughs> a French court has stopped parents from naming their baby girl Nutella after the hazelnut spread, ruling that it would make her a target of derision. <laughs> Like, what, what a cool name to have, like name your kid Nutella. <laughs> That's crazy. People name their, their kids all sorts of things these well, days. Well, you can Why name your kid Mercedes and uh, what true. are the other names that people have of um, high-end products? <laughs> I've never met a kid called BMW, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But anyway, look, the, the kid is probably going to be very grateful to that court in the future that they didn't end up being called Nutella. But no doubt, um, uh, the parents are probably calling it that as their nickname anyway. So even though the uh, link is a couple of years old, we're mentioning it because Gina is obsessed with Nutella and secretly would love to have named her daughter Nutella. But then, you know when you get the free, you know how you get the personalised Nutella? Yes. What does the kid called Nutella do? They just go, well... They just get... You have to pay to have your personalised... Well, no, because they just get the jar. You just buy the regular one? Yes. Okay. Now... I understand you're thinking of setting up a new Instagram page. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Because you know how you've got yours? Sorry? You've got your yoga beach babe. How's that going? <laughs> I was sick this week. Not much yoga happening. I did do some beach babe stuff, though. I don't know about the babe part, but I did, did definitely go to the beach. and it was did you good. get your six-pack out? I wouldn't call it a six-pack. <laughs> Isn't an eight pack? Is it one of those really freakish good ones that it's I like eight pack? I wouldn't call it an eight pack either. Two, two pack? No pack? <laughs> a one no day, pack. Maybe, but at the moment it's a no pack. <laughs> so, so you've got your very glamorous yoga beach babe hashtag blessed Instagram post. Like, like right? not, but okay, sure, yeah. I'll go with it. So, so after that, I'm like, I, I want another, I want, an, I want an Instagram. So you know how there's Humans of New York? Yes, very good site, very good blog. So while I was driving around New Zealand, mm. I noticed a lot of sheep. Yes, there are many sheep in New Zealand. A lot. I like, know. So many. And I thought, yes. hey, I could... I could just start taking portraits of sheep and then writing yeah. a bio about them all. How would you get them to talk to you, Gina? They talk. We communicate. Right? Okay. They all have an interesting story. Right. And I thought I could call it I Love Yous All. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, did it take you a while to think that one up? <laughs> you know, they just come to me, Val. Oh, so speaking of New Zealand, tell me about New Zealand. Why did you choose to go? I understand you started because okay, we, we know that you went to Auckland to do a corporate job. But yep. then I believe you decided road trip time. Yep. I'm going to head to Queenstown and yep. then head to a number of um, places that are not only unpronounceable, I've never heard of them, uh, yep. have no idea why you went to any of these places. So, so, so you know how I plan stuff, not remind when me. I just, so I just decided, like I, I'm like, okay, I'm in New Zealand. I can, yes. I reckon I can push it another four days, uh-huh. and I'll go and shoot. And then I looked up in the map. All the good stuff happens in the South Island. Okay, yeah. So I thought I'd start in Queenstown, and then basically the way I planned my road trip was I looked on the map. Mm-hmm. thought that's a nice sounding name I'll yeah. just drive there and so I had three days of driving and I just basically divided it into three and as it turned out not very evenly because the second day of driving turned out to be over eight hours oh my God. which is a lot a I could lot. get to Singapore in that time from Sydney you in a plane yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could get halfway to LA. It's almost like driving from Melbourne to Sydney in one in one go, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
That's the thing which you used to do all the time, Val. All the time, yes. With all but your pets in the car. I know. Five pets in the car, three cats, two dogs, Melbourne to Sydney. That's uh, like 10 hours. That's ridiculous. Mm. It was a frequent occurrence in my life for a while. But because Rocky, who is the second cat, doesn't like to fly. Otherwise, I would have flown. Yeah. But anyway. flies. Oh, Rex is quite happy flying. He's very, he's like first class kind of cat. Um, and the rest of it were quite happy to fly, but Rocky was just not, it was not his thing at all. It was terrible, poor little thing. So Aww. I couldn't subject, subject him to it. So that's why we had to drive all of those times. But we digress. Now, when you were going to New Zealand and looking up names that you liked the look of just to decide to drive there, yeah. what was your goal in terms of your photography apart from just going to a series of random places with weird names? So I wanted to shoot landscape because I was on holiday. And okay. so I wanted to shoot landscape this time around. And I think if, if I think it's important to learn how to perfect good landscape techniques because then you can I can apply those to backgrounds when I shoot portraits so if I get, get the landscapes down mm. and, and perfect the technique for those when I'm shooting portraits and lighting them I'll use the apply those techniques because I like to get my shots all in camera Val so what would have been what ideal do you mean, all in camera well, to not, I don't like comping images together like where you see a lot of photographers that will get take a photo of a person and then put another background in, like from somewhere completely different. Okay. Yeah, whereas I like to take a photo in the location and have it as like more of an environmental portrait and do it all in one go. Sure, but okay. for this trip, I just wanted to, pho- I didn't, because I'd photographed so many people last week, I just wanted to have a holiday really and just... With no people. No people and just mm. photograph stuff and deal with the elements, whatever came my way and right. try and work on that. So I was working on a technique, I wanted to try and get some really natural looking uh, HDR photography as well. So I was uh, investigating what my camera could do with that. And I haven't done a lot of that in camera or post-production either. So this was a really good opportunity to have a play around with that. And I think I'll dedicate a whole show to HDR photography because I think it's uh, when it's done well it can it can look really it can look really good when it's not done so well it can be a bit a bit much a bit over the top well, so that, that, that was the you, t- technique can you in case there's any newbies can you uh, explain what HDR means so HDR stands for high dynamic range so basically it's a post-production technique that combines multiple exposures to create an image that that closely resembles the uh the the range that when so when you look at an image if you're standing say Val and you look outside your window now yes I'm looking out the window so I, I can can you see the sand or can you just see the water from your window I see water and in the distance like uh the bush. So, so you the see next, the next mass of land. No, so is, I there don't see. is there mountain? I would not call it a mountain. I'd call a it a hill. Yes, a hill. So and the sun's dropping, so it's kind of backlit too. So the water would be a bit sparkly. That's correct. Okay, so if you looked out your window long enough, you could actually look into the foliage and you'll see the actual detail in the foliage. You'll see that there's different leaves there if you look far and if your eyesight's good enough, right? Yes, yes. And then you can actually make out that there'll probably be a million boats there in, in the on the water bobbing yes, around. So you yes. could make out that even though the boats were backlit, you could make out detail in the sails. Yes as well and different tones and textures of the timber and then coming down to whatever's in the foreground if you could see sand you could see texture in the sand and if there was a jetty or something you'd make out all the texture there yes okay and there would be a wide wide tonal range that the naked eye can actually see the camera not so much the camera can only see in a a tonal range of about three stops so if you were to take your camera out and take a photo and correctly expose it 
the there would be areas in that shot that maybe the where the 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 sun hits the water and mm-hmm. you get the bright sparkle like that diamonds on the water yes, you know yes. the, um you won't get any detail in that white area it'll be blown out or if you if you where the sun is even if you point the camera there you'll get this white hot hole in the in the image where the sun is right because mm-hmm. the camera can't accurately uh can't get the detail in where the sun is. So you'll only get a a certain part of the image will be correctly exposed at any given time. Now, the the times of the day when you can get the most tonal range in an image is very uh, sort of early in the morning when the light is really flat and Mm -hmm. sort of later in the afternoon. Or if it's Mm -hmm. a very overcast day, flat lighting, you could get a lot more uh, tone, a lot higher tonal range from highlight to shadows. Yes. But on a normal bright sunny day, much harder to do. So some bright spark, I don't know who, worked out this <laughs> technique where you Not can Hans. actually... No, it wasn't Hans. It, wasn't it Hans. was someone else. But worked okay. out a technique where you can shoot a whole series of images where you uh, expose for the shadows and expose for the highlights. So you might do five different images five different frames of the same shot, shot in fast succession uh, where you're changing the shutter speed to expose for highlights and to expose for shadows and then merge those five images together in a post-production. change the shutter speed so you first expose for the highlights and then... Slowly, and then it, and then change the shutter speed so that you're eventually uh, exposing for the shadows. Yeah, so you might have mm-hmm. uh, an image where uh, the you might be shooting for uh, the shadow detail, so you would be shooting at a slower shutter speed. Yeah, and then if you were shooting for the highlight details, you'd be shooting at a faster shutter speed. Yeah, right. So, yes. and then. Those three images, those three, five, seven, nine images get merged together yeah. in post-production software, and mm-hmm. you end up with an image that has detail in the highlights and detail in the shadows. And at first, it, like several years ago, when it first started as a craze, you ended up with these really cartoony-looking images that just looked—they were oversaturated, over-detailed, and it just looked um, a bit a bit overdone or, or mm-hmm. but but now it's kind of toned down and you can get a much sort of a nicer transition and and when it's done well it it looks great and you you end up having that that tonal range that looks like what your eyes saw and uh, right. you can get some quite beautiful images so it's having fact, a play around did, with that you did that with your hotel room and we and and you've got all of those images uh in last week's show notes for the last episode correct yes. where you yes. did hdr of your hotel room and you shot it from the point of when it was practically dark, like practically no light at all like practically yes. pitch black to so and and you um, shot a series of images uh, as you presumably increased uh, decreased the shutter speed increased the shutter speed exactly um, and and until that it until it was um, almost overexposed so it was bright white light and then you merged them all together and to come up with a great image. So exactly. all of those images, if you want to have a look at that, is in last week's note, show notes at ginamilitia.com. Okay. Sorry, exactly. go on, Gina. So um, that's that's what I was doing. And the the way I used to do, if I ever needed to do uh, HDR, there was the, using my cam ranger was a really good way to do it because basically that's a, a, a remote unit that I can attach to my camera and I can it, it'll it'll fire my shutter remotely, so I can set it up to fire it in whatever configuration I want to. And what I've been doing with the Cam Ranger is, if I ever wanted to get uh, an increased dynamic range in my backgrounds, is I would set it to maybe shoot seven or or five, seven or nine shots in one third increments of a background. And instead of taking one frame, it'll take, you know, five if I set it to five or seven or nine and go up in in third stops so that you you could be shooting, uh, 
well, the, the last one I did with you, Val, where we were photographing a model in front of Pellegrini's in yes. in Melbourne, which was, mm-hmm. and it was a, uh, I think it was a sunny day. He was mm-hmm. outside, so mm-hmm. he's lit. He's got shadow under his face from the cowboy hat. And then you've got all the sort of the shadows and details that are going on in, in, in the street around him. And then behind him is a cafe, which is mm-hmm. lit with uh, neon lights inside. So the lights are on inside. Now, in, to get that all in one frame, in one shot, you've sort of got to pick your, your area, but there's no way you're going to get the blue sky and all the detail in the shadow. The, the, the tonal range is just too great, but right. you can do it with HDR where you do the series of exposures. Mm. And so basically I set my cam ranger and asked it to take a series of seven frames going up in third stops. And uh, it did that for me. And then I merged that in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. But if the, the Canon 5D Mark III that I have mm-hmm. actually does all this in camera. Mm. And I've been seeing that this is possible, but I hadn't had a chance to experiment. But so basically, if you go into the and most many uh, cameras sort of built after 2012, 2013 will do this. So you can set it to bracket a shot. So I kind of think that if you're doing a lot of landscapes, it's a Mm. good idea to bracket the exposure and shoot for what you think. You, you, the exposure would be, yeah. and then shoot a stop darker and a mm. stop lighter so that you've mm. got that extended tonal range. And then if you want to, you can combine that image in something like Lightroom or Photoshop at the end yeah. and, uh, and make this super file that's got all this extra detail. So if you've got, say... Um, a shot of something on a bright sunny day where you've got those beautiful Simpsons clouds, the beautiful <laughs> detailed clouds, and then you've got something that's backlit and and uh, you've got like a lot of shade, but you want to get all the detail. You can combine those images and you can get this super file that has all the detail in there. So mm. that's what I was playing with. But I just want to um, let you hear how quickly, uh, for those of you that haven't done it, I've just set my my Canon up here at home I've got it in my hand and it's set to it's set to bracket and so you can actually I was doing a lot of these handheld so I wasn't Mm. doing using a tripod valve Mm. and basically you tell your camera that I want to do a a series I want you to bracket this by um it take take five shots for me mm-hmm. and you set it up you point your camera at the sh- at the shots i'm just pointing my camera out the window and listen to did you hear that yes so it just did those shots for me that quickly one after the other wow so five shots five shots it's so fast that you if you are shooting at a, a like uh, a fairly fast shutter speed to start with it's it's going to be fast enough to to not even um obviously if it's a really windy day and you were trying to shoot something where there was trees blowing and things like that when you try and line all the shots up uh afterwards it, you're going to get a right. lot of ghosting but yeah. if it was something like you know a building that, you know, with stuff where there was nothing moving, you, mm. could, you, you could get away with handheld pretty well. So I was doing yeah. it for a lot of the beach shots and uh, I was just putting it up and shooting clouds like that to get really detailed shots of the sexy clouds because there were so many sexy clouds, Val. Oh, in, really? Oh, my God. So sexy. <laughs> sexy clouds. So... Okay. Um, that's the that's the technique that I uh, started using. Okay, so the, the main the, your main aim in this little jaunt was to take landscapes. Were landscapes. you after any particular kind of landscapes, and were yeah, what were you did you go off in search of something or in search of a destination, or did you just think oh, just driving around to places with funny names? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of driving. So there, there's a place uh, about four hours outside of Queenstown called Milford Sound Mm -hmm. and I was thinking of heading down there but it was uh, really horrible rainy windy conditions so I decided to stop short and I ended up in Te Ananu which is a place (laughs) that had... And I'm sure you pronounced that correctly. 
probably completely butchered <laughs> that. You, I, but... I think it's hilarious. I don't know if you ever watched the weather reporters in New Zealand, but I remember being in New Zealand That's watching this. the news and they talk and they talk about the weather at what's happening at this place and this place and it's it's just bizarre because every single place name is wacky. Yeah. And I just don't well, know how they're able to pronounce them all, but obviously they live there, they know what to do, but anyway. Exactly. Um, there is a jetty that I have seen photographed. Oh, and you to love me, the, I do love a nice jetty. And so this was in this place, uh, which I've probably butchered. I'll have another crack. Do you reckon I've said it right? <laughs> Gee, hey, Anna. So anyway, it's T E space A N A U. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I drove to this place and. Yes kind of didn't even know where it was but I knew it was on this particular lake and so I just drove around and and then I stumbled on it and like the other places were packed with tourists and Mm. this particular jetty I think it's out of the way so there was no one there so I had the whole place to myself so I got to have a couple of cracks at shooting that at two different times of the day uh, and the, the, the thing about New Zealand weather is if you don't like it, just wait five minutes. <laughs> it changes so quickly, but I got a couple of, and I did use this technique in, in photographing this jetty. So there's uh, five exposures, yes, and mm-hmm. uh, merged together. So you get the clouds that look super, super 3D. I did use my... Um, uh, one of my uh, Lightroom presets for clouds on on the clouds, just to get them to look even super super sexier. Awesome, sexy clouds. That's the one that I used. <laughs> but uh, the you got some um, the the two different times a day. You got the beautiful um, uh, rays of light coming through the clouds, and then mm. uh, like a couple of hours later, the clouds opened, and you just got these really. They're so cool. So I did shoot a lot of. Uh, sky shots, Val, just to have mm. a stock because the clouds and the sky were just phenomenal. But this, this place is beautiful, and I've seen it. I've, I've like people shoot jetties like a number of different ways, and mm. the traditional way lately has been when people shoot this sort of scene is to shoot a really long, slow exposure, like five to thirty seconds, oh, so long. that you get. Yeah, you you end up with really silky looking water. water. Mm -hmm. And the reason I didn't do that is because I don't like what it does to the clouds because the clouds, because it's windy, the clouds are moving really quickly and you end up with this white, sky like a streaky mm. sky and it's like I in a landscape I think the the clouds should be visible and and not streaky so as much as I like what it does to the water I've never liked what that long exposure does to clouds and so yeah. I've, I avoided shooting it in that way and so I think the even if I hadn't used the HDR technique to process these shots that some of the images that I got even the sort of one stop under you can pull so much detail out of the shadows in Lightroom that that I ended up with great shots so there's there's not a lot of tweaking necessary and you can still get uh, a great looking shot and I, I you can I could convert these to black and white if I wanted to and um, get a, a lot of variety in that shot. So I was very happy to find that jetty. It was like, I was very happy to be there. I just didn't do the shot of me standing on it from behind. <laughs> yes. That we, would be perfect for Yoga Beach, babe. Should do a bit of a photo shoot there, Val, because that's just perfect location. Yeah, yeah. I did have a Yoga Beach, babe. Isn't really a thing yet, Tina. Just so you know, I haven't done any yoga. My mind um, is. But it's I so did big. have a vegan salad again yesterday. Uh-huh. So maybe we're getting there. <laughs> All right. So, I would like Dylan Val for that sort of stuff. Sorry? Lots of vegan goodness over there. In New lots, Zealand? Yeah, lots of yummy food like that. Don't they eat their sheep and stuff? Yeah, they eat their sheep and stuff. Um, I can't eat sheep and cows. I've seen too many. They're too sweet. 
so did you go for your new Instagram, your humours of New York kind of Instagram, like the sheep of New Zealand? Did you go I talk to any all. sheep? Yeah, I love <laughs> these all. Did you go talk to any sheep and take their photos? I did. Oh, who did you meet and what was their story? I met Mary. Uh-huh. What did Mary do? So Mary had a little lamb. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Mary is... She's in there in the show notes. There she is. She's okay, just under yeah. the map of New Zealand. Can you okay, see her, Mary? I can see Mary. So Mary's a single mother. Oh, <laughs> Working her okay. way through university and uh, she she's... <laughs> thinking of becoming a teacher at some point okay. struggling a little but you know just happy to be here and uh loves her little lamb all right this is now getting a bit weird so now let's move on so after tay and now where did you go <laughs> so this was where i did the big drive so i got up uh very early and the drive out of there was uh, pretty pretty epic, lots of really rustic spots. So the problem was I had to keep stopping because I would just drive and find places. There was one spot that I swear, I, I just like I spotted it out of the corner of my eye. So I was going by at like 100 k's an hour mm. and I'm like, I didn't just see that. That's not, I made it up. I made it up. And so the problem is the roads are one lane and there's no mm. like overtaking or there's no stopping. It's just really hard. So you've got to drive like another 10 minutes before you can find mm. a turn off to turn around and go back. But I swore I saw a vintage bike leaning up against a building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just It just happened to be there, so I drove back the 10 minutes and I found it again and it was this abandoned, rustic shack with an abandoned vintage bike mm. just leaning up against it, just set there for and me. And, of course, the uh, shot is in the show notes and it is stunning. It is. It's, it's fantastic. You should definitely take a look at it at genomilitia.com. So it, it is a, rusted, a rustic and rusted uh, vintage bike leaning against what looks certainly looks like an abandoned shack. Was it abandoned? Were there people there? What, no, it wasn't. It was abandoned. So there was, there was no one living there. It was right. just like someone had abandoned. And if I could have worked out how to take that abandoned bike and put it in my suitcase I would have but I left it there for the next person to wow. photograph That's, um, and it was beautiful and you've got the sexy clouds that are there to yes. shape the sky because it was overcast and so the problem mm. with that when you're shooting is like you tend to if there isn't any cloud activity and it's overcast you end up with this grey flat boring looking sky and even if it had been mm. blue skies, that tends to look really uninteresting as well if you've just got flat blue skies. So I'd either prefer to have some really stormy dark clouds, or mm. which I did get, or, mm. you know, the, 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 the little Simpsons clouds, which I love as well, that, that, that they make for a shot. But this sort of image really suited the sort of dark and heavy, heavy clouds, which I gave it. And I spent some time... Because I had time, I didn't. When you don't have people to photograph, you've got mm. time to check out mm. several different uh, vantage points. So I shot, I shot the bike square on, and it was very small in the frame. I came all around and I shot it from another way, and then I finally came from the the direction that I was ended up being happy with. Is I filled the frame with the bike. Mm-hmm. Brought that to the front, made it the hero of the shot, shot very wide. So this is on a 16 to 35 millimetre lens. I did have my uh, – I had the luxury of having my entire kit with me for this trip because I was working and uh, mm. I had I was able to bring all my gear. I was very lucky to have a choice of lenses, even though I only ended up shooting with three different lenses, even though I had them all. Mm-hmm. Um, this was shot on the 16 to 35, which gives an extra that the extra width. Um, do you, do you prefer length or width when you shoot, Val? <laughs> I think you've asked me this question before. Yeah, I keep forgetting. So, is it length or width? What's your preference? Really? Yeah. So, 
This, the, with the width, the extra width in this shot gives you, when you see those landscapes and it just feels like they're just so three-dimensional and the, the clouds are just coming straight out, the, the skies always mm. look epic. Mm. They're shot on super, super wide lenses, even like 14 millimeter gives you those epic, epic skies, especially if you get a nice low angle and it accentuates the, the angle of the sky. That's yeah. how you get them using super wide. So that that's why I love uh, shooting with that lens. I don't often get it out. I prefer length, Val. Oh, do you? My okay. Sh- yeah. uh-huh. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for, for landscape, you go for the width. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, now this image, which is in the show notes uh, of the abandoned bike and the abandoned shack, I mean, it seriously looks a bit like serial killer territory, Gina. Were you a bit <laughs> scared? No, I was there by myself. Yeah, that's my so point. Here's the other good thing about driving around in New Zealand. The days right. in summer mm. go, the, the good and the bad thing. It, okay. The dawn is around 6 a.m. Okay, yeah. And the sun starts setting at 9.30. <laughs> right, so, so it's long days. Like, Long days, so there's a lot of daylight. So if you know the thing, I you know when I hate driving is when it's in country roads. Is yep. when it's pitch black. Oh yeah. And I hate those country roads where all you can see is what's the headlights in front of you yeah, illuminate. Yeah. But when you yeah. look in the rear vision mirror, you just see black. Yeah. And. I used to do a lot of uh, editorial shoots where they'd send me to the country for a day. So they'd, I'd drive for four hours, do the shoot, get in the car, drive home, right? Yeah. And I would be in all these random sort of country locations. And mm. as soon as I – the minute I would look through the rear, at the rear vision and see black in the background, mm. suddenly I start thinking Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek. <laughs> and every single one of those urban myths about the yeah. – you know, the – couple that pull over and there's a thumping on the roof yes you know that story and so just like please don't run out of petrol please don't run out of petrol and you're just staring ahead and it's exhausting because it's like all you can see is the beam in front of you you don't get that in New Zealand no why because you got so much light oh if you go there in summer yeah, so there wasn't, mm-hmm. and yeah, so there wasn't any night driving. So I felt okay. very safe. Fell. It didn't oh, feel like you can almost hear that there'd be the sound effect if it was you editing this. That there'd be the gate. Yeah. yeah but it wasn't like that. It didn't. I've made it look like that. So okay. this is a very. This doesn't. This doesn't make you happy. This shot. <laughs> doesn't have a happy mood to it. It's a serial killer. It's a serial killer. No, I mean it's a it's incredibly lushly shot and it's fantastic. Uh, it's a yeah. very striking image, but yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't make me feel That's happy. It's going to be the cover me... of the podcast cover then. <laughs> it can, it can. It's not going to on, be depending on what you want to achieve. But okay, apart from the great shot of the abandoned bike and the abandoned shack, where, what else did you do? Where else did you go? Okay, so. There was a highlight for me that made me so happy. When I was looking on the map and working out where to drive on the second day, and I did do the big drive, which was over eight hours, driving from the beautiful pier, I found a place and I could not believe my eyes that there is a place in the world that's named this and had to drive there. Okay, ready? ready. I'm ready. Kaka Point. <laughs> Kaka, Kaka Point. Point is there in is New Zealand. a place called Kaka Point okay, in New is, Zealand. Is Kaka Point Kaka? Now, hang on, hang on. Let's just pause for a minute here, all right? In case there are some new listeners, Gina often refers to Kaka lighting. And yeah. Kaka lighting is a very technical term. It means basically shit <laughs> yeah yeah so she loves using the word kaka uh i'm still unclear what language it's in but i think it's just gina language so no, no, kaka is, why... is a sicilian term okay sicilian yeah. Yeah. all right so uh this is why gina is so excited you know after many references to kaka lighting that uh-huh. she has now found a place called kaka point okay so was kaka point kaka no 
Kaka Point, with Ankaka, without a doubt, is possibly one of the most beautiful places, and I say this hand on heart in all seriousness, I've ever been. And if I had some spare change, Mm. I would have bought a property there on this. If someone has said, do you want to buy this house? I go, yep. They're probably cheap there. They are, Val. You can Uh buy buy beachfront because I looked. Yes. This is how uh, a few hundred thousand, maybe they're yeah. a little bit inland, but that's ridiculously cheap. Right. So the problem is it's not very warm there. It's fairly windswept, but yeah. my God, the coastline is beautiful and it's just dotted with uh, beautiful little beach shacks. So if you, like, if I ever imagine myself writing a book and just wanting to get away from it and have that sort of idyllic location where you're overlooking the, the water and you, you know, make friends with the locals in this little town, yeah. cut the point. Right, so no, not Tuscany for you, but Kaka Point in New Zealand. Kaka Point, yeah. Okay. Heading to Kaka to write my next book. And okay. there's a beautiful lighthouse there that sits on top of Kaka Point, which is all very beautiful. And the beach there is gorgeous. And that whole coastline uh, along the east coast of New Zealand is fantastic. So I did get a shot of the, the lighthouse there with the epic clouds and could have done a slow shutter speed shot of that and got the silky looking water for that it would have worked but there was the epic clouds in the background so I chose Mm. not to for this shot the other way you can do landscapes is if you want to have your cake and eat it too I've seen this done where you swap out the sky and keep the original sky then have the silky water yes the shot and so you make it a composite of like three different images but this is just one shot that I did that that uh, my mum liked this shot. This is a first. She really okay. liked it. So of the lighthouse. Of the lighthouse. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Made her happy. So, re- but but lots of um lots of beautiful scenic locations. Yeah. Like that, and and really rugged. So I'd like to uh, take models back there and um, do do a oh. like a shoot with uh, people there. It'd be it'd be amazing because it's not yes. that far. So I really like that. In the show notes, also Val, I added uh, a couple of shots so you can so because I'm talking about the difference between shooting at a fast shutter speed and yes. shooting at a slower shutter speed. What it does to the water. So I've, I did a couple mm. of shots where uh, down at Kaka Point. I shot the the water uh, where the waves were sort of hitting the shore at a fast shutter speed of 1125th of a second. Mm. And then I did one at a slower shutter speed of uh, five seconds. And you can see the difference in in how it changes the look of the water and it makes it sort of a bit silky and and lovely. So uh, worth experimenting with. Mm -hmm. The... Other highlight, Val, was yes. after I left Kaka Point, I kept driving same day, uh, mm-hmm. and this is a place that I've seen many images of. There is a place called Muraki, Muraki, right. which is a fishing village, oh. sleepy little fishing village, and there's these famous boulders that people don't know how they got there, but oh. it's quite a, a great spot for uh, landscape photography. And I drove there and uh, did some shots. I had a couple of cracks at this. I did one in late after noon when I arrived and uh, had another crack early in the morning, uh, got a sunrise shot there. But in in the show notes, um, I've got a couple of different examples where I shot the Meraki boulders uh, in the afternoon and processed it. So I did the stop under and a stop over, three different exposures, which are also in the show notes. So you can see the regular uh, exposure. One underexposed, one overexposed, combined them and and, um, edited them in Photoshop and converted them to black and white. And it's a very sort of gritty, textural uh, shot, which is quite lovely. But also then shot them the next morning in Color Val using the super wide lens. 16 millimeter and you've got the the wet sand with the sky uh and and shot down very low so that Mm. i've got the reflections in the sand and the sky and the sunset sunrise is reflected in the sand and then you've got the boulders and again shot that at um using the uh hdr technique the other trick that i had uh is i 
got some gum boots before I did this shoot a couple of days oh. before I had them in the car because it's These low. These are like top. Wellington it, boots. If yeah, Wellington there boots. Some people who don't know but what not, boots. I didn't get them in Wellington. No. Them in <laughs> okay. Auckland, I think. But you, um, so they're Auckland boots. But mm-hmm. if you're wearing gum boots or if you prefer bare feet, it was pretty cold though in the morning. You, yeah. you can go out a lot further. And then I had the camera really low and the uh, cover of the podcast, podcast cover for this week shows the camera position for taking this shot. And you can see how low down the camera was so that I could get all the reflections in the shot and uh, all, all the lovely detail and the, and the beautiful sky. I was fairly lucky. There was a couple of mornings where I... I woke up at dawn, looked outside, pouring rain, <laughs> no photos that morning. So I had to go back to sleep, unfortunately. But that's that's what happens when you shoot landscapes. You're kind of hoping. Mm. And there was other mornings where I thought there wouldn't be a sunrise or a, a, like, and days where there wouldn't be a sunset. And then all of a sudden it just went crazy. So it's c- kind of worth waiting sometimes. But mm. an amazing place, Val. It's, so it's, it, when each day did you kind of set out thinking, I'd like to achieve approximately this many shots today? Or how did you structure, you know, your shooting? I was very disciplined in that I didn't like just go, oh, I think I'll go shopping today. I, was, I mm. just had a short amount of time. So there was three days and I also had to get to the next location. So I would have the next location's accommodation booked so I didn't have to stress. But also that meant that I just had to keep keep moving because you know how I get sidetracked, Val. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... But we were I in New York, I, and I and Gina just walks down. Like one one thing, one minute she's right next to you, the next minute she's she steps behind you, and the next minute you do not see her for the next six hours, and you have no idea whether she's been kidnapped or not. Anyway, yeah. I digress. But perhaps um, you should tap some people on the shoulder and say, "I'm just going to go down this lane. I'll see you back at the hotel." Yeah, but when I I'm by myself, I don't have to do that, Val. So that's okay. probably I'm so used to that that I just mm-hmm. just assume that everyone knows I've gone off to take shots. So basically, I had a sunset and sunrise in ho- hoping to get certain shots at sunset and sunrise, but also in between is when I wanted to get those little accidental shots that you just stumble on here and there, like the bike shot mm. and a few of the others that I took. So it was uh, driving, looking out, you're so alert. So it actually mm. felt like I was away for three weeks because I was so switched on just looking at everything, trying to um, find the next shot. And I know if I had extra time, I would have ended up going off in to smaller towns, putting myself down at the local, you know, bar or cafe and just waiting till, you know, straight locals came in characters that I could photograph. Yeah. So if I had longer, I would have done it that way. So there, there, there was sort of a rough plan, but no plan. And that's how I like to do it. I don't really want to be going here, 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 here and there. It was roughly planned, but then hopefully there was some going to be some surprises along the way. And I didn't expect to shoot anything other than the boulders in Meraki. But mm. when I found the, the beautiful um, restaurant that was there and the, 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 the pier, that the jetty that was there, it was just uh, amazing. And I was really lucky to get such a fantastic sunset and I had the best fish and chips there too. Oh my God. Fish and chips. and chips. Fish and chips. Yeah, bro. We'll put them in the cellar then. I was waiting for that, Val. <laughs> Sorry, we don't mean to offend any New Zealanders. I love the New Zealand accent. Okay, it's so a- now that you're back uh, and you're back in Australia, what's coming up in the next week or so? So I've got a cover to shoot this week and mm-hmm. some lifestyle stuff coming up and I've also got uh, – we're in pre-production for another big shoot as well, so I'm getting that organised and I will – yeah, that's that's me for the next few weeks. You? What do you got that's on? good. What have I got on? I've got a series of keynotes coming up that I need to go and do in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. So uh-huh. I'm just – refreshing my keynote so that to keep it interesting for myself and everybody who comes of course uh so that'll keep me busy and then there's obviously a bit of travel to those cities um and so yeah that should be fun awesome yes 
awesome. <laughs> so it's a little bit busy, but, uh, but you know, it's going to be good. But in the meantime, Gina, where do we find you online? So I'm at Gina Militia on uh, Instagram, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and at Gina Militia on Twitter. So it's same spelling, obviously. Yeah. And then the website is GinaMilitia.com. You can find me uh, in the podcast community Facebook. So you want to be a photographer. Podcast community. Podcast community. And I'm in the Gold community every day as well, Val. And the Gold community, of course, is an awesome community where there's a whole bunch of fantastic, motivated and inspiring members. I love seeing all of your stuff. Uh, And Gina delivers regular tutorials that are exclusive to the Gold community. The Gold community also get access to Lightroom presets for free, uh, exclusive Lightroom presets for free, and a regular live mastermind where you can ask Gina all of your questions. Gina also does photo critiques in the Gold community, and you can find out more uh, if you have a look at GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. Now, there's also, Gina, no doubt your new Instagram page coming up. Is that right? Love yous all. I love yous all. I love yous all. <laughs> Mm, well, well, let me know when it's Don't up. Don't you like that, Val? I love it, Dina. I love it as much as Yoga Beach, babe. Hashtag it's about as likely. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm also on Facebook, and I would love to connect with you. So, uh Make sure you reach out to us on social media and let us know what you think about the podcast. And if you have any listener questions, of course, email them to news at com. And we will chat to you again very soon. So until next time, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.